0: Hey, everyone. It's Anita and Lucas. Welcome to Chain Reaction, where we unpack and explain the latest in crypto news, drama and trends, breaking things down block by block for the crypto curious. Our guest on today's show is Andre Brasovino. He's an investor at Excel. He joined the firm in 2014, and he invests in Web3 and crypto for the firm, as well as some other sectors. And he helped lead Excel's investments in a bunch of different Web3 companies, such as the analytics platform Nansen and the NFT startup SoRare. Before he was at Excel, he used to work as a high-frequency trader on Wall Street. So he has a pretty quantitative background, and we were especially interested to hear him talk about things like developer activity in the blockchain space because he's invested pretty heavily in developer infrastructure startups, both within Web2 and Web3. So let's get into the interview. Hey, Andre, how's it going?
1: Hey, Anita. Great to see you both.
0: Yeah. Where are you calling in from right now? You're UK based, right?
1: That's right. London, our office.
0: Awesome. Yeah. So I'm super excited to chat with you and get a little more of a global perspective and talk about what you're doing at Excel. I know that you're kind of more a generalist tech firm and that's what Excel is known for. But you specifically are investing across Web3 and making a lot of moves in that area. So I'm just curious, maybe to start us off, if you can give us a little background on, you know, what do you think gives Excel an edge in understanding Web3 when there are so many more like crypto native firms and crypto specific firms out there?
1: For sure. As Excel, we have a very strong practice across software and especially software where there's a strong technical component thing, developer tools, security, open source. And that technical understanding really gives us an edge as we think of the kind of picks and shovels, infrastructure developments around web three. A lot of what we've been doing in this area has been looking with that tooling lens in mind as we think of what does it take to scale web three to mainstream audiences. As we think about scalability, security, usability, we are very keen to support the um, kind of all stakeholders of Web3 and all the um, kind of tooling they need in terms of bringing this to massive adoption.
0: Right, right. And what about you specifically? What are your focuses uh, within Web3 at Excel? For
1: sure. So I'm one of the partners here. I've been uh, with the firm for eight years, uh, spending a lot of my time across both software and fintech. I've been loving kind of working with technical teams. I come from a high frequency trading background. And I think that combination of software focus and previous trading background really attracted me to DeFi. And as with many folks kind of in this industry, I I started being active in crypto personally, got hooked, became an active, avid, I would say, NFT collector. Mm -hmm. And beyond that, managed to find a productive way to make this interest actionable with Excel. And here, a lot of what we've been doing, and actually it's been a tremendous global effort across Palo Alto, London, and Bangalore, we've been very much seeking to back the leading companies across both software tooling as well as gaming, institutional crypto across many verticals of Web3.
2: I guess kind of like looking into that comparison with some of the crypto native firm, obviously excels like storied venture firm. You guys have had some like huge Web2 successes. I guess when you like look at some of these younger firms that are like They're hiring like community managers and they're hiring like basically glorified meme, Web3 meme people. Like when you see some of these very crypto specific positions, how do you decide what is worthwhile for a bigger traditional firm like yourself to actually embrace, to get closer to like Web3 crypto culture?
1: For sure. And we actually collaborate very closely with Web3 native firms on the venture side. Mm -hmm. I think our proposition resonates very much with founders who want to build large, enduring, generational businesses, plus founders who are perhaps traveling the Web 2 and Web 3 worlds. Mm -hmm. So I think of a company we backed like Tenderly. They're aspiring to build a leading developer tooling platform for decentralized apps. Think of bringing elements of Datadog and Sentry into Web 3. And on one side, they have surrounding themselves with strong crypto-native folks, and they're very well plugged into the DeFi ecosystem. What they sought in Excel was that strong developer tooling expertise and that knowledge of what it takes to scale a software company, right? Because they still need to hire head of sales and head of marketing and mm-hmm. need to build processes. So I, I do think if you look at Web three companies, there's a spectrum. Right, on one hand you have DeFi protocols with incredible leverage. Think of the Uniswap of the world, right, where you can operate, you know, pools with billions in value with skeleton teams. But I would say most other companies. We'll still need to go through the company building phases. to will still go through many challenges traditional companies go through, and that's where we can provide a strong sounding board, support, support network, and the tools in scaling your company and building something very big over a long period of time.
2: Have you guys done some of the like join a DAO or back like put money into like a DeFi project where you're just a participant with governance tokens, like stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So as Excel, we're very founder centric. And we're very selective. We place a high bar on relationships. Uh, So what this means, most of our crypto investments have been equity-based. In most of the companies we back, we take a board seat or an observer seat. So we we love that one-to-one engagement with founders, which means from an investment perspective, we've probably done less of large-party rounds where we are kind of one of 30 funds supporting a company. What we do do personally, and not just myself, we try to be actively involved in a number of DAOs or, we, you know, many of these protocols we try ourselves. So I think it's really important to be well-versed in the sure. all the Web3 technologies. But When it comes to investing with Excel, we also try to stick to what's kind of kept us special and what our core strategy is.
0: Yeah, so you talked a little bit about your investments in developer tools and how a lot of companies are still in that building phase. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, you know, given the market environment right now and the current downturn, what do you think that means long-term for developers actually being interested in building in Web3? That's
1: a great question. We were recently giving an update to some of our LPs around you know, the state of Web3. And there are certainly many gloomy titles across the last few months. Yeah. The, some of the um, I would say the silver linings actually... Concern development activity and kind of what what we see is the grassroots activity in Web three. If you look at previous bear markets in crypto, and I would credit this to the kind of electric capital reports, you see through bear markets actually development activity stays space constant and obviously increases a lot during bull markets. And anecdotally, the sheer founding activity in this area is unprecedented. Actually, the um, another aspect is often talked about is valuation overhang in large unicorns across the board. Actually, this has been encouraging many more folks to jump ship and build their own companies, especially from fintech, if we think of Stripe, Coinbase, Revoluts, lots of good folks.
0: And when you say valuation overhang, you're talking about valuations coming down? or More, more
1: like highly valued
0: private companies or
1: public as well where...
0: Taking valuation cuts.
1: Yeah, where kind of senior employees there or operators may kind of think twice whether it's actually worth in the the next few years at those companies rather than just starting on their
2: own. Looking, you know, I'm a bit of an NFT geek myself. Like that's kind of what intrigued me about the crypto space in the first place. And looking at like a couple of your investments, like SoRare has been pretty successful relative to a lot of the other, other crypto firms in the past couple months, just in terms of like having pretty high volume. Even some of your other bets like Sky Mavis, which have kind of leveled off a little bit. But I guess like for SoRare, they obviously have a little bit of an adjacent audience through the sports world. Like why do you think they've been successful While other NFT projects maybe haven't been as much in the past couple months,
1: for sure I think, and I think we'll see more of this. To me, success of many Web3 projects will tie to having a strong utility in the Web2 world. You know, some people call it the real world, but really (laughs) the kind of the traditional world as we know it. And I think the beauty about Sorare is that they've managed to leverage Web3 rails in pretty much kind of revolutionizing a very old, stodgy market around sports cards, collectibles. And they have this kind of virtuous circle in that they bring the scarcity of digital goods through NFTs, exclusive licensing relationships with clubs Mm -hmm. and fantasy sports, which brings ongoing utility for the cards. And if you look at their user base, most are soccer fans and hopefully now baseball fans and they'll launch many more sports as they go deep into the US. But it's not crypto natives. And I think that's what allow them to have super high engagement and ride the kind of ups and downs of the crypto market.
2: So Rare was interesting. I feel like a lot of people heard about it for the first time when kind of Dapper Labs and NBA Top Shot really had their moment. I guess as a firm, like what made you decide that you wanted to back something starting off in the soccer world or that team specifically versus a Dapper?
1: Well, I, it goes back to the team. We've been incredibly impressed with Nico and Adrian, Their just sheer focus and actually building through the thankless bear market. Mm-hmm. It, and you'll see this with many of the teams we back, they started before it was cool and, and they really grinded. And what's special about Sorare, they actually went kind of suitcase in, in hand and they knocked on many doors uh, of many clubs to pitch the NFT concept. So it was a very hard beginning. Yeah. And that's very much cemented their conviction and allowed them to have such a strong ethos and, and kind of the mission they have today. That's one. And two, just the traction kind of spoke for itself and... It very much showed this struck a chord when it came to mm-hmm. bringing this fandom on-chain. And the last thing I would mention, unlike most other NFT projects we've come across, the combination of NFTs and utility was quite unique in this context. Sorare collectors play fantasy sports games at least twice a week. There are many side sports competitions. You don't just buy Sorare cards and have them gather dust. You're actually actively engaging with the game. Gotcha.
0: Yeah, so obviously Sora is one of your investments that's done really well. There's a lot of attention in terms of it being sort of a bright spot within the crypto space. But another investment that you led, Sky Mavis, which Lucas kind of mentioned, things happened a little differently there. And I'm curious, you know, after the hack that everyone was sort of talking about when that happened, what are some of the lessons learned from that? And and how has that incident sort of changed your view on Web three and your investments? So for that I mean, that hack is of a
1: scale that's close
0: to unprecedented. <laughs> yeah.
2: The state actor versus Series B crypto startup is not a battle I want to be in. Yeah,
1: you don't joke around with North Korea. Yeah. And I, I cannot but commend the team for their incredible focus in containing the, the situation and actually covering all the funds, right? there, there's They kind of didn't have to do it, but they were very keen to cover all consumer funds to re-inspire trust in the platform. And they've done that very fast and very well with communication. The clear lesson to me there is that there's no such thing as too much security when it comes to a company or a protocol that handles large amounts of capital. And there's a mixture of kind of web three and web two attack vectors, because, you know, it's not just kind of smart contracts, security you have to take care of, but, you know, account takeovers and kind of folks coming into your building. So I, I think it's a lesson for all of us that we're spending much more time focusing on best practices around security. Kind of taking a step back, actually our thesis on SkyMavis and Axie Infinity has been largely unchanged. When we bet on the team, it was very much a long-term bet on the running infrastructure and their ability to build a durable sequence of pieces of IP, of which Axie Infinity was the first one. And in terms of actually building a hub and a distribution place for a broad array of Web3 games. And there... On that journey, running is up and running. Uh, they've started onboarding and sort third-party third studios. Certainly with them, and I think with everything Web three, the um, you know timelines have expanded. Right, it's you, you don't have that gold rush moment you have across the board. But I think it's healthy mm-hmm. to some extent, and I think it'll be interesting to see the um, kind of more solid, mission-driven quality teams emerge. After this period,
2: they've come under some kind of like criticism over the past, like few weeks, few months, basically just like alleging that almost all play to earn games exist in some kind of minor Ponzi-nomic state. Like it's impossible for the economics to make sense unless more people are getting involved, which I get is like, that's a little bit inherent to how a lot of crypto tokens and NFTs operate in the first place. But some people felt like if you're seeing such high kind of booms and busts that this is kind of just like more Ponzi nomic than a lot of other projects. Like what do you think of that? What?
1: Well, I think the sound the positive and the negative with crypto is that everything is twenty four seven actively traded and you can yeah. real-time
2: monitor things. So when it, no breaks on the weekends. <laughs>
1: yeah, so everything is like very procyclical. When times are good, things compound at a very fast rate in a good way. When things are bad just kind of the, they cascade very aggressively. And it's not just about Sky but many other teams I don't think any of these teams are keen on this volatility and, and this just kind of crazy upswing and, and immediate downturn. All of the solid teams we've met are keen on building an enduring economic model. And yeah, it takes more than a single title and it takes thoughtful approach to economics. But again, it's a mix of I say, individual title and infrastructure you have to provide. I, I think it's hard sure. with the current models to have a self-sustaining economy for long term, unless you bring people who play for fun, right? Which has always been a core focus of Sky Mavis and we'll continue to focus on that.
2: This is a little bit of an aside, but I'm curious kind of from a professional perspective, like, so you talked about how, when things are good, things are really good. When things are bad, (laughs) they get a little worse. I guess like for you being kind of the crypto expert at Excel, Like, how do you feel about potentially going to a bear market where like, yeah, maybe some of your investments aren't going to be as white hot as they would have been in 2021, but you're still focused on the space. How do you feel about getting support and like if you need to get another partner or something, it no longer being the hot space, but you still wanting to focus there?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. So first of all, I've been quite keen and a few of us spending time on crypto at Excel have been quite keen in broadening exposure to crypto within the firm. It's, Mm. you know... uh, Venture and especially venture excel is a team sport, and you benefit a lot you, from. You
2: guys aren't an RIAA, right? We're not. No. Oh, okay. Okay. We,
1: but um, in terms, of kind of how our process works, and in terms of debate, we thrive on feedback, and we thrive on working together as we navigate difficult situations. So, what you want to avoid is kind of having the in quotes kind of crypto expert do his or her thing. You know, when times are bad, it's very hard to get support from the others because people are a bit out of the loop on what's going on. So, through so this process, last couple of years, we've been educating the group and making sure we, we kind of bring everyone along the journey. That's one, too. As I mentioned, we've been quite selective with the teams we've backed. So, looking back, we're comfortable and actually very excited with the people we're in business with. Most of the companies we've backed are well financed by us or to follow-on financing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in some cases, the market timing has been pushed out a bit, but we're, you know, we're long-term focused. Our average holding period is eight, nine years. We've been invested in some companies for more than 20 years. So we see this as a bump in the road, and we're still keen to build large companies. Mm-hmm.
2: Do you wish that Excel had its like own dedicated crypto fund? Like, are you jealous when you see other firms having those?
1: It's very hard to tell how our model may develop, but at the moment, I think our setup serves us very well because our proposition very much resonates with teams building software companies in crypto, teams building gaming companies, crypto, and our software and gaming expertise very much resonates with these teams. Yeah. I think if we went down the crypto-native route, you'd have to be very mindful around essentially not building a separate firm and making sure you can still draw on those (laughs)
2: lessons and legacy you've built for, for decades. It's been hard to differentiate with other firms sometimes, yeah. whether they're a couple firms with the same name.
1: I agree. And then the last thing, I'm not sure it's in our DNA to have a more trader type investing approach or um mm. yeah, kind of essentially invest for pure financial return and not kind of have that unique one-to-one relationship. And gotcha. I think we're very well able to do our crypto work right now in the current setup. I think we have enough flexibility. Mm-hmm.
0: I think that's a, a really nice segue into where I kind of wanted to wrap up the conversation, which is just that you have a background in algorithmic trading and crypto venture is sort of a whole different beast, right? So I'm curious, how has that background informed what you do? I, I imagine it's pretty different, but um, maybe there's some synergies that I, I'm not sure about.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think what's exciting about venture is that folks with very different backgrounds can A, enter trade them, B, craft their own paths. There's no kind of set blueprint you have to follow. And in some cases, I, I felt my more unusual background has helped me gain an edge or have a differentiated point of view. Specifically in this area, on one side, HFT has allowed me to go a bit deeper in the weeds of IT infrastructure, understand what it takes to kind of scale systems. I love engaging with technical teams. So I, I'm, I'm in my comfort zone uh, when I look at these more technical projects. And secondly, HFT is actually quite similar in many ways with What's been happening in DeFi mm-hmm. as you think about many liquidity pools and the rise of automated market makers? So, I can, um, how should I say, assess the merits and some of the dangers of some of these protocols with a perhaps more informed lens given my previous trading work.
0: Right, a little more deeply. Awesome. Well, Andre, it was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for sharing uh, about your background and about everything else. Hopefully, we'd chat again soon. Awesome. Thanks so much
1: for the time, uh, Anita
2: Lucas. Thanks, Andrew. We'll be back every week with interviews with the experts in the Web3 space. Catch Anita, Jackie, and myself every Thursday for the latest in crypto news. You can keep up with us on Spotify, Apple Music, or your favorite pod platform. And subscribe to our companion newsletter, also called Chain Reaction. Links to the newsletter and more from our guests can be found in our show notes. And be sure to follow us on Twitter at chainreaction. Chain Reaction is hosted by myself, Lucas Matney, along with my co-host, Anita Ramswamy. We are produced by Yashad Kolkarni, and our associate producer is Maggie Stamets, with editing by Kel Keller. Bryce Durbin is our illustrator, Alyssa Stringer leads audience development, and Henry Pickovit manages TechCrunch's audio products. Thanks for listening.